Dateline, London, November 2021. My name is Raymond Coke. I was born in Jamaica, St. Elizabeth, Woodland District. That was the voice of Raymond Ezekiel Coke, a rather interesting man who just happens to be my father. Because we used to, my father used to send me to buy the newspaper to see what in it every Sunday. And they used to beg it and say, people must come, work is here, money is here where you can get, and everything, all the facility was here. Welcome to the three-part series, From My Yard to Your Yard, where my father recounts his journey from rural Jamaica to London in the swinging 60s and on to the 21st century. No, I didn't keen. I didn't keen to come to England because I didn't want to travel, probably the flight or so. And my mother, and well, so she talked to me and because me, me and my mother was close and she said, we'll not help him very much, we'll not help him, so. It's a potted history of the black experience in the UK from the band of pioneers who 75 years on are now referred to as the Windrush generation. Well, I was looking for a lot of things. I was looking for so my brother have a uh, paradise where I'm living, where, you know, we could sit around table and have dinner, but it wasn't like that. It was no paradise. Right, so. It's raw, unfiltered and authentic, but also delivered from my yard to your yard with peace, love and blessings. We come here, we black people came here and we build this country. I can vote for we and the Irish. Please subscribe to catch every episode and share with your brethren and sistren. Hi, good afternoon, my son. My name is Raymond Coke. I was born in Jamaica, St. Elizabeth, Woodland District. Jamaica is made up of different areas that are described as parishes. St. Elizabeth is a, a parish in Jamaica and Woodland District is, is an area in there. What was Woodland like when you were growing up? Well, Woodland, people are most friendly. It was a good neighborhood. People look out for each other, care for each other. If you was on the street playing about, if your mother sent you out and you was on the street playing about, and somebody who know my mother or my father, they would beat you and send you home. They would beat you and send you home because um, the parents are respectable parents and they like their children to grow up respectable. I can see that. So obviously it's a different time from now and obviously we're in the 21st century and people are looking at parenting slightly differently. When did you then arrive in England? Because that's where we are at the moment. Do you remember the date that you actually arrived in England? Well, in England, I arrived in England 1962. I was over 18 years of age. So you were 18 then. So yes. really, you were a very young man. Yes. So why did you end up coming to England? Because we used to, my father used to send me to buy the newspaper to see what in it every Sunday. And they used to beg it and say, people must come, work is here, money is here where you can get. And everything, all the facility was here. So we all, most of us pack up some, take the ship. I took the plane and then we head off to London to see the good land and how we can make some money. Really, you're saying that 
as far as my grandfather's concerned, and we'll come back to him at some point in the story, and my grandfather was Melford Coke. You're saying that obviously he's a man, obviously he's intelligent and forward thinking enough to realise that there are opportunities in England. Yes. Right. Yes, he was. Right. In doing that, he's obviously reading about this. Are you saying that as far as Jamaicans or working class Jamaicans, were they being made to believe that there were great things happening in London? Yes, there was. We thought there was great things. More or less, we thought we could pick up money on the street. <laughs> <laughs> to how they, 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 they describe it to us and we thought say, wages were good and when I leave Jamaica I said to my mom I'm only going to spend five years and when I come back you won't know my money the amount of money where I will make in five years I'm going to spend in five years in London but when five years come Oh my God, I, I never have a shilling to rub against the next one. So you're 18, you decide to come to England. But obviously, and your reason for coming to England is very simple because you believe that there is a good way for you to make, make your fortune. Money. Yes. Yeah? Yes. Okay. Apart from what was in the newspaper and what people were telling you, did you know anything about England before then? My brother was here before. Going back to your life in Jamaica, you talk about your father. How many children were there in the Coke family at that time? Oh, my, my mother have 10 children, eight boys and two girls. It, was, it wasn't easy at those times. Did a lot of people have large families? Yes, yes. Some people have 13, some even 14. You were one of the fortunate people that knew your father. There are some people that didn't get the opportunity. Parents were working away or they'd come to another country. My father, I know my father not a lot. My father, my father died when I was seven years of age. That must have been a big shock to the family. Yes, it was a big shock to the family and my mother, but my mother be the husband, the father, the mother and everything. And she really struggled to take care of us and she look after us and see that we go the best. Right. And we behave ourselves and we don't steal and we don't beg and, and we don't, you know, do nothing wrong or nothing bad. To try to keep in line. What was day-to-day -day life like? When you got up in the morning, what was that life like? What, what did you have to do? That life was, um, it was rough. You had to go and move the goat, feed the pig, go for water before you go to school. It was, it, it was rough because you have to get up so early in the morning to get all those things before you can go to school and you have to have water. Then you come back and you have your wash. Then you're off to school. If you're late to go to school, you get beaten. You got to be there on time. Literally, you did a whole day's work yes. before you even went to school. Yes, yes. Right. A lot of people now in the 21st century can never look at that as an existence and understand how hard that existence was for you. How did you survive? So you've got your mother, my grandmother, with 10 children. By the time you were born, who was the eldest then? Was it John? No, my, my oldest sister was sister, Etta. She was the oldest one. Then Will was the second one. And John was the third one. Then you have George. Then you have um, Cleve. Then you have Raymond. Which is you. Yeah. <laughs> and you have Herman. And you have Avis. And who's last? 
Is it Uncle, and Uncle Ronald? Uncle Ronald. Uh, yeah. Yes, we right. Can't, we can't forget Uncle Ronald. Yeah, right. Uncle Ronald, we call him Chinese man. He was the last one. Okay. Yeah. There's 10 of you. You get up in the morning. You basically have to do chores and you have to basically work. What was it like schooling back in Jamaica? Because you mentioned at the end of the day, if you were late, teachers had the ability to discipline you, yes. in, which is shocking yes. now in this day and age. Yes. But what was it really like then? It was horrible. You have to make sure you be on time. You've got to make sure you be on time. And being as doing so much work, sometimes you're not on time. And then when you go, teacher flag you if you're late. If you do anything wrong in a classroom, you get flagging. If you come out and play and don't behave yourself, you get flagging. That's how it was like. There was very heavy, heavy discipline. Yes. Very heavy yes. discipline. And in terms of that, how did that affect your schooling? Because to be totally honest, if you're getting up every morning, knowing that you have to feed the goats and feed the pigs and get water and so on and so forth, by the time you get to school, you're knackered. Yes. Yes. You're really, you're tired. You wear out. Sometimes you fall asleep in the school. Fall asleep in school. Because you're... You know, get up to do so much work before you go, you fall asleep. And then you have to run. You have to run a mile. A mile to go to school. There's no bus, there's no car. You got to walk it. So you got to try to run. You're out of breath. When you reach, just to try to get there on time. At the same time, I remember from your own autobiography, you're saying that you're doing that, but without shoes. Without shoes. Bare feet. Yes, we never have no shoes. No shoes, we're lucky we have, we, we, you know, just clothes to wear. But we never have no shoes. Bare feet, bare feet, we got to go. You're living this life and your siblings, your brothers and sisters are living the same life as well. How did you survive? How did you get money? How did that work? Well, we used to do farming. My mother used to do the skellion, and we used to shake carrot, turn it, everything that we can get with hand that we used to do farming. So when we do the farming, we take it to the market, and we sell, and we get money. And then that's how we bring it back to mama, and mama put it on, use it little by little to support us, and to buy, well, we never plant our own food. But for any other thing, for meat and stuff like that, she saved the money too. When she gonna cook, then she sent go and buy some some meat kind for us. But we we farm. Sometimes I never go to I only go to school sometime one day for the month. I was out farming, I was out working. My first my first carrot a turnip I shake, half ounce of turnip I shake. And it bears so much, I sell, I sell, and I eat, and I give away. And I was only seven years of age when I dig up the land and shake that turnip and plant it. But through it all, I survive. And then I was the one, Will and John used to go to market. But afterward, I was the one who, who got to market. I started to go to market from I was seven years of age. And... Wasn't easy. Yes, got a market sell. And if we're going to a far market, we have to go overnight. Like we leave home Thursday night and we don't come back till Saturday night. 
you are now working almost as an adult. Yes, yes. What was it like? Obviously, so you're going Thursday. You're coming back. When is it? Saturday night. Saturday night. How did it work? No, we got a truck. Either truck or bus take us to the market. They pick we up Thursday night and then take we to the market. We used to take for this market used to be Magati and Appleton. And we used to leave some of we load at Magati before day, Friday morning, and we leave, go to Appleton, and we sell for the day because wealthy people was there. And I used to take some load on my head and I used to go to different places to sell to white people and people who have money and went back in the evening to collect the money because the estate is there and some of them don't get paid till in the evening. So what would happen? Because I remember you telling a story about, was it Mr. Lopez? Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I got to, this. We used to call this man Dutty Head Lopez because he used to drive a truck. At some time, he drunk, but he could drive. We, thank God, we always get there safe. Yes, and he put we off at the market, put we off on one. And then when we go to Magati, when we go to Appleton now, the bus would take us back to Magati. We sleep on a spread bag, crocus bag on the floor and sleep. Have we dinner and go to sleep and... What was the crocus bag? A bag that people used to make? To carry the load is a, is a long bag. And you carry, so you bring a couple that you can put on and sleep on them. So you're just sleeping out on the street? No, the market have covered. Oh, right. Okay. So we sleep in the market. Okay. And then the morning, now we get up and we start sell again. Saturday, Saturday whole day we sell. And about five o'clock, we board the bus to come back home. But it takes so long. Sometimes we don't get home till all 12 o'clock, 12 o'clock in, in the night. I mean, how long did you do that for? Because in your book, it says that you left home very early on. How did that happen? I leave home. I run way out of school when I was 13 years of age. And I leave school and I tricked my mother say I was going to look for my sister in Westmoreland. So Westmoreland is a parish, parish yes, is it in Jamaica. In Jamaica. And I was going to look for my sister and bring something for her. But my mama didn't know say I was running away. I wasn't coming back. Oh, dear. So... I went to West Maryland, and when I went there, I told my sister, I said, I run away from home, but my mom don't know. So I'm looking at a job. Why did you run away? The, the teacher, this teacher used to sit on me, and he wanted to beat me all the time. And the last time, he put the, tr the strap to soak about one o'clock, and he said, going to beat me before I go home. Right. So when you're saying that, you're saying that he's basically setting up yeah. So he's taken a strap that he's going to beat you with. Yeah. So he's literally leaving that to soak, to inflict more yes. harm on you. Yes, yes, So when she took the strap now and going to beat me as a teacher, if you beat me, I'm going to kill you. Oh my and she get out of the school, get out of the school, get out of my school. And I come out of the school and I say, what am I going to do now? Because I can't go home and tell my mom that because... She's going to take me back to the school and beat me before the teacher and discipline me. So what I do is plan to run away to West Milan to my sister. And when I get there, 
I said, sister, this is it. I run away, but my mom don't know. So I'm going to see if I get a job. And she said to me, say, where are you going to get a job? And I said, I can't go back because, uh, you know, I want to help the family now. I, it was almost me in charge. No, because John, the second brother, died. What happened to John? John died of sickness. The, 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 the doctor couldn't find his complaint. We don't know what he died. We'll come to England. We'll leave to England. And he left. Was was it because he left because John John and him were quite close? Was yeah, that right? John was going to go to America. Oh. And Will was going to go to England. And John died for some reason. And then, um, so he left now. George was just a sportman. Drink him rum and sport. Cleave him was... He didn't, they didn't want, it, it was just me, it was me who stand up all the time. And then I decided, say, mommy take care enough of us and I'm going to take care of her. So that's why when I run away. Okay, my sister said to me, the Sunday night, she said to me, I don't know, but what you do, go down to town in the morning and go over the estate over the compound estate, where the estate is, you will see doctors, lawyers, and everybody who work over there, who have them house and work over there, and find out if you can get a job. So I said, okay. So I went in Monday morning, and, and when I went, I went, I see an office, and I say, good morning, I'm looking at a job. She said, he said to me, what can you do? I say, I can't do anything. I he said, can you wash my car, cut my, uh, cut my garden, and do all that, and take out dustbin? I said, yes. And I do that. I asked him how much a week. He said, eight shilling. I think that time it was good money, still eight shilling a week. And I started with eight shilling a week, working with him. You're working now. Eight shillings a week you've been offered, and you are just doing any jobs that you yes. can get. yes. So, that eight shilling a week, I go home to my sister every every night because she look after me and she feed me and she take care of me. So, I don't really have to spend my money. And I can just jump on the, a truck or anything and I give you a drive or anything. So, I, I do that and then I keep working and working until one day I say, boy, this is it, you know. It's a bit small, I'm going to look for better. And I went to a next man, his name is Mr. Makolo. He was working at, he was living at Landialo in Westmoreland. And I said to him, I said, looking at jobs, I said, how much a week he was getting from the other job? I said, one pound a week, sir. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you inflated your salary somewhat yes. in order to... I said, one pound. <laughs> Never realized... That him and the man, the one where I just leave, they bought his friend. And they used to visit one another home. And when he come to the home, he said, this man was working with me. And that and so. And I said, but he's a, they said to him, he's a good guy. You know, him don't thief him, don't do anything, and him have manners. So I said to him, when he asked me, and I said, it's because of the money, sir. So I said, why didn't you ask me for more? I said, I didn't know if you, you were going to give me more, sir. So that's why I do that. 
you now managed to find yourself a reputation now of doing good work, yes. of being honest. How important was honesty at those times? Oh, yes. It, honesty, if you don't honest, you, they, they don't like you if you don't honest. You have to be honest. You have to be upfront with them. You can't steal their stuff. You can't trouble their stuff. You can't touch it. You got to, some people do it. But I was, I grew up in a home where I learned not to touch people things. But some people do it, but I didn't do it. So sacred that everywhere I go and work, they love me. And then, when I was working that pound a week, and then, then I say, you know, I think I need some more money. I was helping my mother every two weeks. I sent a basket to her with every little thing in it for them to look after themselves. So what was in the basket? What would you send? I would send rice, sugar, flour, coconut oil, um, tobacco for she to smoke. She used to smoke her pipe. I used to send her our tobacco, or send her a bread, one bun, everything. What you think? I know they would need. I used to send it every two weeks. I send it on the truck. Myself and the man used to name myself and used to take it to them. And then they distribute and help themselves. But every two weeks, I used to pledge myself to do that for my mother. And afterward, I find out, say, oh, the money is a bit small. I say, I think I'm going. My, my brother-in-law, my sister husband used to cut cane. So I say, you know, I'm going to try the cane. So I buy a machete. And I went in the, the, the construction, you call it construction work when you cut cane. People might not understand or get the pronunciation of what a machete is. A machete would be commonly translated into a machete. Or cutlass. Or cutlass. Yeah. Um, so I buy the machete and I sharpen it and I get ready. And there was this Chinese woman, they got their own estate, own, own cane field. Right, because a lot of the Chinese people own businesses in yes, Jamaica at yes. that time. So I went and I asked her for a job and she said, I must start. I'm going to start with her. Then the first week, I remember the first week, I caught one ton of cane. That's 20 hundred weight. And I dribble 10,000 cane tap. You cut the cane tap, then for plant, they pay you for it as well. And I weed 10 chain of cane, they pay you for weed the cane. That's different from the what I cut, the cane, what I cut. And I was doing well. I was making money now. And then all of a sudden, one of the Chinese guys was driving the Jeep, coming out from the estate. They put me off on my gate. He didn't stop. And I hop off. But when I hop off, I should, when you hop off in Jamaica, you're supposed to really hold on until the vehicle, until you feel, say, you can let go. But I went and he was dragging me and I hurt my knee. And I hurt my knee. My knee was dig right out on the asphalt. And then I couldn't work. I didn't go back there. Is that the knee that still troubles you now? Yeah. Wow. And he... I could not work anymore, so my sister was looking after me and getting the field and this and that. And then, then afterward, after I get better now, I work for a small contractor. This man named Mr. Mark, and he used to work at the estate. He used to be a carpenter, and he worked at the estate. 
And while he was working at the estate, he said to me, say, if I can run his place for him, he all keen, whole acres of keen, and say, I must hire somebody with me and cut the cane and do that. So I, hire, I, I used to hire two men with me to cut cane, and we cut cane, dribble cane, tap, and weed cane, and do everything. But one morning, I went to work, and my sister said to me, say, could I bring back a couple of breadfruit that she can cook lunch? Because when the sun, when it reached 12 o'clock, you cannot work in the sun. It's too hot. So I would bring back the breadfruit in the morning and give my sister, and I go back to work. But I was so free life that morning. I don't know, feel happy. And I was coming down off of the breadfruit tree, sliding down. But when I reach about probably 25 yards, I just jump off. And while I jump off, I jump on a nail. And that rusty nail catch me in my foot. And I, and you know, you're supposed to go to the doctor, but they say if you get a stone and knock the foot, then the blood will come out. And that bad didn't go to no doctor. But afterward, now I was laid up, blood poison, everything. They have to take a donkey to put me and to take me to the doctor. When we go to the doctor, the doctor gave me three injections and said to me, if I was at one day later, I would blood poison because I almost blood poison. And then I was laid up and could not, could not work, could not work. So my sister looking after me and for weeks and in Westmoreland, the water, the bad water is there, but his foot couldn't get better, break out in two places. And because of the nail, it couldn't get better. And then one time, about three months after, my mother took the truck and come down to West Malan and say, son, I'm coming to take you home because this foot not going to get better down here. And she took me home and she started to work on the feet. And while she was working on it and doing it, smoke her pipe and blow up on it and do everything. So she was really using those old remedies. The old remedy, yes. So she, obviously she's not got that medical training. You can't afford doctors no. because you've got no money. Yeah. So she was um, remedy hit and remedy it. And in, in about three weeks, the food started to dry up. Mm. And in a month, the food was better. Everything was, everything was good. The food was better. And the food was better. And um, I remember my mother said to me, <laughs> food get better now, yeah, jump around. But she said to me, son, I'm not going to stop you because you look like a ton man now. So you know what you do? I'm begging you, don't go back to West Maland. Go somewhere else. But I don't like Kingston. Kingston, you can get good money, but I don't like Kingston. I never liked the capital from the day born. What didn't you like about Kingston? I mean, most people think of Jamaica and they think of Montego Bay. But Kingston is a different place in itself, isn't it? Yes, it's a roughneck. The roughneck them is there. They thief, they do everything. So I don't like what people, people thief and rob. So I didn't want to go to Kingston. But I have two aunties in Montego Bay. So I said I would head to Montego Bay. And one Thursday evening, I pack up my things. I told them I was coming down. And my mom said to me, son, I know they are my sister. But don't go and lean upon them and look for for them look after you and support you. 
Stand right. by your feet. So she was saying to you, as I said, go to stay with them by all means, yeah. but don't rely on them for anything. That's right. So I went to Thursday night, daylight Friday morning. I said to my auntie, she did name Auntie Mary. I said, Auntie Mary, who gonna go with me? I know Montego Bay because I used to sell in Montego Bay and things like that. So I know a little bit around Montego Bay. So I said, who gonna go with me to go and look a job? No job not down here, master. No job not down here. So she was putting you off, deter you from yes, going in there. that's right. Do you think there was a reason for that? No, some people probably want me to go back to the country because probably she thinks that me was going to stay with her. You know, I mean, I get job, me was going to stay there, but I wasn't going to stay there. And is this what your mother had warned you about? Or our yes, grandmother had yeah, warned the, you about? Yes, my mother warned me yeah. before. So anyway, Friday, we didn't go nowhere. So Saturday morning, I wake up and I say, who going to go with me? Ah, oh, today is Saturday. Where are you going to get job? So I get ready, get dressed, have a wash, get dressed, put on my clothes. And I say, okay. And me one walk downtown. I know Barnett Street. Good, good. So I was walking on Barnett Street and I was asking everybody, do you want anybody to work? Do you need us? And no. But when I catch in the middle of Barney Street, I see a man with a big tummy, <laughs> big belly. And they always say, the man named with big belly have money. <laughs> so, they, they have money. So I see him and he was buying produce, pimenta, and all kind of produce he was buying, and he have a big fishtail car, American car, park up in the driveway. So I said, I'm going into this man. I said, good morning, sir. He said, good morning. I said, I'm looking at job, sir. He said, where you, where you come from? I said, from country, sir. He said, you country boy, sometimes I don't see you come from country, and I don't see that I don't you know, come from, and I is a thief. Right. So is that what the problem was? Is that people associated being from the town or being in Kingston and people would pretend to be from the country? Yes. Because country people were more trusted. More humble and trusted. Right. That's right. So anyway, I said, no, sir. So I said to him, I said, who, who, you, you know anybody? I said, yes, sir. He said, who you know? I said, Mr. Artie Aaron sign new market. They buy produce like you. All the produce he buy. He said, Mr. Artie Aaron. He said, that's my friend. We, we do business together. And so, I said, that's my cousin, sir. He said, your cousin? I said, yes, sir. Because Mr. Artie Aaron is browner than me. Married to white woman, a Canadian woman. And he never care much about me because when they're up, they don't care about the one we don't. So but he, he was a member of your family. He was my father, brother. He was my father, brother, but they don't look after us. Ah, oh, they don't. Ah, he was my father, brother. And I went and tell him he was shocked. So he phoned Mr. Artie here, right? Because he had his number while I was there. And he said, I got a young boy in here. And the young boy said, You and him is two first cousins. So that's why I phoned him. And he said, what's his name? And then he said, yes, that's my cousin. And the man gave me the job straight away. And I go up to my, and he said, he have place out there for me to stop. He have room for me to stop. So I went back up to my auntie and I pick up my little Jeng Jeng. 
and I walk, come back down, and he drive me in his big car, take me out near to the airport. He living near to the airport. Have a beautiful house. So which airport is this? Montego Bay. Right. He lived near to Montego Bay Airport. And he drive me there and show me my room where we're going to stop in. You know? And they have a, a, a maid as well, a woman we work. She have her own room. And she show me. She show me the room them. And I start to work there. Yes, I think I worked with him for about three years. And my mother came and said, would you like to go to England? Because, you know, things out here getting hard. And probably if you go to England, you will do better. My boss never want me to leave. He didn't want me to leave. Because he said to my mother, oh, this is a good lad. He don't steal. He don't beg. He don't do nothing. Barring only thing is he, he guilty of. As soon as he finished work, he hit the street at night. <laughs> <laughs> he hit the street at night. And he didn't want me to leave anyway. I've worked there and I yeah, leave there when I was 18. 